Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and guests and in no way represent the state of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Historical Society, or the Oklahoma State Historic Preservation Office. Welcome to the Musings of an ADD Mind podcast. As usual, this is your host, Jack. And I have the ADD mind because I am absolutely riddled with ADHD and the older I get, the worse it gets, but I don't want to take any more medication. So I'm not talking to my doctor about it because I take too many pills to live as it is. So anyway, <laughs> moving on from my mental instability, which is stable at the moment. Anyway, <laughs> today I have a really cool guest on. It's Kimberly. She works in... A, a field that probably not too many people have friends in. I do. She works in the news business at a local TV station. And she's going to tell us all about it. Do news anchors hate each other? Do they fight frequently? <laughs> Are they throwing coffee at each other? Is it as exciting as they make it out to be on TV? Or is it just everybody's bored because they're going to work and they want a paycheck? We will find out. Kimberly, how are you doing today? Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully I have some answers for you. <laughs> I I'm sure that you do. I'm sure that you do. <laughs> so um, why don't we just sort of go ahead and dive into it? Is your uh degree in journalism? Is that where you started out? Did you start out somewhere else and sort of just luck your way into your job there at the local news channel that you work at? No, so um, so my degree is in the the general overall of it is journalism. Um, my specific degree was broadcast electronic media, which they don't even have anymore at OU. So, um, that's a that's a dying <laughs> degree. Um, so my my dad uh, is an English professor, so I always kind of grew up with writing. And so mm -hmm. when it came time okay. for me to graduate high school. I was kind of like, what do I like? Well, I like sports and I'm good at writing. Well, let me just go to school for sports journalism. So um, so I applied to OU, I got in, I got a scholarship and um, yeah. And so then I just kind of stuck with it from there and I decided to do broadcast electronic media over journalism because at that time we were right in the heart of the recession. And so I was like, well, I wanna kind of spread out what I can do. Um, and not just concentrate on writing in case there aren't any writing jobs available. Right. Maybe then I can do camera or I could do lighting or I could do editing. I could do something else. And so at least I have skills kind of all across the board. So, yeah. So, yeah. So my, so in the short answer, yes, my degree is in journalism, but it's not technically, um, that's not what the classes that I took, but yeah. That's, that's really cool. And I suppose I should, disclose this now my niece graduated from OU School of Journalism two years ago and she's a AM producer at one of the Tulsa stations oh so, really yeah yeah but at this point I've had too many family members on so <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's fair that's fair but look at you knowing two people in you. I know that's actually probably not common for people but I you know I think it's awesome so so um I have to know, is there a rivalry between the AM crew and the PM crew? And do you both make fun of the lunch crew? <laughs> um, no, actually. <laughs> so the way that it is at our station, I don't know how it is at other stations. The way it is at ours is um, so the brand new people usually get put on the mornings and overnights okay. because of the morning. And they're the ones that can handle being up all night. <laughs> so, right, because they're um, the young ones. Exactly, yes. And so um, the afternoon uh, group is usually, those are usually our seasoned producers. And so those okay. are the ones who have been in the business for several years. And then the 10 p.m., it kind of goes back and forth between um, someone who's kind of graduated to that position or someone who has been a producer forever and is at the 10 p.m. But usually the coveted spots, at least at our station, are the afternoon shows. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But I could see why. Best hours. 
Yeah, exactly. And there's that, but no, there's no rivalry. There's no hating back and forth uh, between the night crew and the morning crew. There just might be some complaining about, well, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they leave this for me or something like that? But that's all we got. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool, cool. Good to know. See, everybody, that alone was worth having Kimberly on today. So we know that they're all friends. (laughs) So um, in that uh, sort of career, because I know that everybody's generally kind of put on a two-year contract, especially like the reporters, Mm -hmm. which is why every two years your station gets a whole new slew of people. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but um, how does how does something like saving for retirement work? Is there do you guys get like four hundred one ks that you contribute to while you're working there, or is it just if you don't save money for when you retire, you're hosed? Um, so we do have four hundred one ks, and the way that it's kind of the way that the business is kind of laid out is that so NextStar owns my station, and they also own I want to say like. 150 other stations across the nation. Okay. And so it's, it's extremely common for someone like a reporter who's on a two-year contract. They'll come to a station, work there two years, and then they want to grow to a bigger market. And right. so at that point, they'll try and transfer a lot of times within the same company. And so their 401k transfers over because it's all the same. Um, right, so right. you have several big media groups that own a lot of the stations. And so there's a lot of moving in between there. Um, but yeah, so, so yes, but we do have 401ks. I think pretty much everyone has that. We don't have pensions. We don't have anything like that, but yes, 401ks right. are a thing. Well, it's just, you know, you'll see somebody that's, we'll take say Linda Cavanaugh as an example. Um, you know, she was at her channel for my God, 40, 40 years. Yeah. yeah. It was a long time. And then it's like, wow. Wow. When you retire, it's got to be sort of like what I'm, you know, I don't have a pension, you know, how do you prepare for that? So I've just always been sort of curious about, you know, that next step on on when you retire. And 40 years at one station has got to be some sort of world record. It's extremely unusual. It's extremely unusual. Um, yeah, we're lucky to have the Linda Kavanaugh's, the Kevin Ogles, the Kent Ogles. Um, we've had a lot of people stay very long term at our station, which is unusual for most of the stations even around here, but yeah, right. across the country as well. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have had, my gosh, you, especially anchor wise, almost all your anchors seem like they've been there forever at your channel. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And we might as well go ahead and get this out of the way. Um, Kevin Ogle is like eight foot 12, isn't he? He's six foot eight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Six that. You guys got some strong box game for the the co-anchor with him, oh. don't you? <laughs> oh, it's the best because um, no, Kevin is so sweet and he's so kind, and he is paired with Heather, who I absolutely adore. But she is no joke four eleven, and so when they're having <laughs> to be on the same screen, it's I mean it takes work. For him being six eight and then her four eleven. So a lot of times he's actually been kind of like squatting when she hasn't been tall enough to really be close on the screen. Um, so he'll have to kind of bend down and sink to her level. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I uh I have a friend and she's friends with Kevin Ogle in real life, and she had said something about him, and I just sort of on her, you know, on her Facebook post said isn't he like a giant or something? And he responded, yes, I am. <laughs> and he I was really just is. like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. Kent is, I think, 6'6 six, six or 6'5. Six, um, and yeah, and Kevin is 6'8. So we've mm-hmm. got two giant ogles in the newsroom. Yeah. If, so, but- if you're not in Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City okay. market is the strongest ogle market of news reporters on the planet. We lead the world in the number of <laughs> Ogle reporters because <laughs> there's, true. there's Kevin Kent, their brother Kelly, although I guess he's retired now. Um, mm-hmm. Abigail. Yep. And, uh, and Caitlin. Caitlin. Yeah. Thank Yeah. Caitlin. So, Caitlin. you know, that's, and their dad was a reporter. That's probably how they all got in the game. Well, the three guys. Jack was an anchor at channel four. And yep. so, yeah, so he was, he was a long-term anchor. 
And yeah, and all of them got into it after him. And then, yeah, and then Kevin's daughters got into it. So yeah, that's- yeah. And it's just, you know, we're, it's kind of cool <laughs> that everybody was even able to stay in the same market, <laughs> you know, for that career oh, yeah. field. That's well, got to be even crazier. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think a lot of people don't understand how competitive the Oklahoma City market actually is. So normally when you graduate from college, if you're going to be a reporter, you have to go to a very low market. Um, like my friend who graduated with me, he ended up moving to Midland, Texas and started out there. And I want to say it was market like 165 or something. And Oklahoma right. City, I think market 43. So it's based on your population. Um, right. So, so yeah, so it's actually, I mean, we're a top 50 market, so it's extremely hard to break into, especially out of college, but yeah. And then to have one family kind of stay here forever. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Well, I guess enough about the Ogles. I didn't want this to be an Ogle centric podcast that it turned into. So why don't you (laughs) tell us sort of what your job and duties are at your, I I guess we might as well say it at this point because we've given away every every clue. She works at KFOR in Oklahoma City. <laughs> Hi. Uh, so I'm a so my title is technically a multimedia producer, um, but I am a, a basically a web journalist because a lot of people don't know what that means. So um, I'm a journalist behind the scenes writing stories for our website. Yes. So I kind of I handle I do some of our social media, but a lot of it is reading police reports, reading court documents, writing stories like that, covering breaking news, clipping video from the shows and putting it with stories, things like that. Okay. All right. So do you have like a a police scanner there and you're all day at work and you're like, guys, big crime. Yes. Fortunately, I sit extremely far away from it. So it doesn't haunt my dreams like it used to, but we have, um, I mean, I don't even know how many scanners we have. They're going constantly because you have it for every department. So right. It's not just one. You have probably Multiples. four for Oklahoma City, and then yes, and then all the other ones. Wow. Yeah, that's got to be a. <laughs> I could see where that would be annoying having that in the background all the time, hearing that. Yeah, well, it's very nerve wracking because a lot of times it'll switch channels, um, because it just scans, right? And so it'll switch channels in the mi- in the middle of someone talking. And so if they're talking about like, oh no, shots fired, blah, blah, blah. And then it'll switch. You're like, where was that? And so <laughs> it's that you're always on edge when you're at the assignment desk. I started out on the assignment desk and I begged to get off it as fast as possible because I just hated it. I hated the pressure. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could see why. So um, yeah. what is sort of like the craziest story that you have been a part of i mean just like you know like the kind of thing that if you if this station was in jacksonville it would start off with florida man uh, that yeah, level no, I, mm-hmm. so i mean how how uh how disturbing do you want to get i mean we've done some disturbing cases <laughs> you can um, you can go whatever you want funny crazy just whatever and feel free if you want to you know cuss this is a cussing friendly podcast Perfect. Um, well, so it was, it was kind of funny. So, um, my boss was out of town when this happened. So I was kind of like in charge of, because I was the most veteran person of the crew, Okay. Um, which I, I still am, but, um, of my little web department. And so she's always in contact with me if something's going on. Well, so right. we had this call out to, um, a more business where, there had been like an attack. So our crew gets down there and is starting to learn information. And they're like, there's no way this is true. Like, there's no way this is actually happening. So employee who had just been fired went back to the business with a machete and like, yeah, he started attacking his um, old coworkers, actually beheaded one of them and then injured another one of them. And it just happened that an off-duty deputy was there. He went out to his truck, grabbed his gun, and ended up shooting the guy and taking him down so he didn't hurt anybody else. But so all of this news started coming out that there's a beheading in Oklahoma or in Moore, Oklahoma, and all of this stuff. 
So my phone starts going off with my boss being like, what's going on? I'm at corporate right now. They want to know. And I was like, I can't deal with you right now. Okay. We have a beheading here. And I was like, I never thought in my life that I would have to say that, but apparently I did. So, so yeah, so that'd probably be, um, the craziest thing that I've ever had to deal with. You know, you right. have you have the tomatoes, the severe weather, all of that kind of stuff, which is always crazy anyway. But that is the most bizarre case that, yeah, that I think I've ever covered. It, it's funny that that's the one that you mentioned. We used to live in the neighborhood across the street from the Vaughn factory or the Vaughn plant where that happened at, because um, it was Vaughn okay. at the time. And um they like cut vegetables and stuff for like restaurant chains and everything. And the worst day of the week was onion day. <laughs> they would cut thousands of pounds of onions in the whole neighborhood <laughs> smelled so bad when they would do that. But the other crazy thing about that is the lady that the guy murdered had the same name as my sister-in-law. Really? Yeah. So all of a sudden she's getting all these texts. Her mom's getting all these, you know, calls and texts. My wife's getting all of this. Thankfully, I did not, because <laughs> that would have been pretty disturbing, I would imagine. <laughs> so yeah. my sister-in-law's like, what are you talking? No, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, which, but understandable when you share the name of someone that that happened to, so. No joke. Yeah. That, it was, yeah, that was definitely a crazy time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, what would be a more lighthearted <laughs> story? We we went right, dark. Let, like, let's go. Let's go lighthearted. <laughs> don't, don't ask news people what the craziest thing is. You'll get answers like that. Hey, earlier uh, this year, I had a friend on and she works in the uh, medical examiner's office. So you probably won't top, top hers. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't, I mean, we've seen some disturbing stuff, but yeah, we don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, okay. Lighthearted. Like, are you talking just crazy or like my favorite or what 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 do you want? How about like just crazy, lighthearted, you know, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. This is so stupid, but it's so funny at the same time, (laughs) you know, maybe something that falls in that category. Do you remember Lucy Sparkles? I do not. I might as you keep, as you go, but. Okay. So we get this, um, this email. And I forget exactly where they were. I think they were out um, in Pottawatomie County, but I'm not sure. It could have been Lincoln County. Anyway, so we get an email from this person saying, hey, I'm looking for my pet kangaroo who got out. And we were like, a pet kangaroo, first of all, in Oklahoma, and then a kangaroo on the loose in Oklahoma? What are you talking about? And the kangaroo's name was Lucy Sparkles. and so. They had search parties out for Lucy Sparkles and people were looking everywhere for her. And then um, we ended up getting a cell phone video from a guy who was out hunting and he like turned, turned around and this kangaroo was just hopping past him. And he's like, there's a fucking kangaroo. And so we were like, it has to be Lucy Sparkles. Like, it has to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the I odds mean, of two loose of- kangaroos in Oklahoma have got to be pretty small. <laughs> exactly. Um, they never found her, have no idea where Lucy Sparkles is. I'm convinced Lucy Sparkles is living on an island somewhere because, I mean, because that was months after she went missing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, she's got to be out there somewhere. But yeah, I feel terrible for these people who who lost her. And then there was the the guy who came in to repair all of the lines for um, when we had the ice storm. Right. And he got in to help repair all the lines. And he had a pet, a pet raccoon that got out. And it was so heartwarming to see all of these people go out looking for a pet raccoon. Because I was like, how are you going to know the difference between a pet raccoon and a wild raccoon? But right. by God, we had a bunch of people out looking for this pet raccoon. <laughs> and yeah, and I don't know that they ever found it. But oh my goodness, we had people thinking that they found a pet raccoon here, a pet raccoon here. And right. no, it was just raccoons just were greedy and they wanted to. <laughs> so they'd come to you and get food. So, well, yeah. But, my, yeah. Uh, I have a cousin that's a farmer in Indiana. And 
he had a bunch of rabbits. His daughter used to raise him. And then, so basically he had a fenced in pen around a tree and, you know, he had a little house that the rabbits could go in and he'd just go and feed them. Well, a raccoon discovered this. So the raccoon just climbed the fence and moved into the tree. (laughs) And so he would just walk down, steal all the food from the rabbits and then go back up and go to sleep. And he was, he was a pretty fat raccoon. Oh yeah. Right. Well, in Indiana, it's against the law to have pet raccoons. And the uh, the, the forest ranger dude came over and he's like, I hear you have a pet raccoon. And my cousin's like, I don't have a pet raccoon. He's like, well, I've heard he lives <laughs> in the tree. And he goes, he does live in that tree. So you have a pet raccoon. And he's like, no, the raccoon's free to leave at any time. I would love for him to go. My rabbit food bill would go down considerably if the raccoon would just leave. <laughs> I love it. We, um, so funny story. So growing up, my dad actually had a pet raccoon um, and his name was Jake and he was the funniest little guy because he like, we wouldn't tell people that we had a pet raccoon. And so he would just hide when people were there and then he would pop up behind them and tap them on the shoulder and then like make a face and freeze. And so then they would get scared shitless because they right? turn around and this is like, they think rabid raccoon behind them. And Jake was just playing a trick. And stuff. And so, yeah, he just loved getting into things. It was so funny. So funny. Hey, we're going to we're gonna side quest here for a minute because I have to know, because this raccoon okay. bit is every bit as fascinating as everything else. <laughs> so when you guys left the house, because raccoons are very curious, but destructive as well. So did you guys mm-hmm. have like a pin that you left him in? Or was he just well enough trained that he could just free roam the house when you weren't there? Okay, no, neither. There was no pen, and he was not well enough trained to leave him out, and so he would destroy everything. He got into everything. He really should have been in a pen, but yeah, no, he wasn't. He just destroyed everything all over the place. Terrible. So you guys, every yeah. every six months, new couch? <laughs> well, now, the, the sad ending of Jake is that uh, he snuck out one day and then got attacked by the dog. So, um, so we didn't yeah, I know. So we we learned our lesson there because he was not supposed to be outside because he was little. And right. And alas, that happened. Did he have a fondness so, yeah. for watches? Because my cousin's um, not pet raccoon. If you went over there, he'd, he'd come over and let you pet him. But he would try to take your watch off if you were wearing a watch, especially if it was silver. You know, I never wore watches. I still don't wear watches, but he did like jewelry. He'd play with like your necklace and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he liked shiny things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was okay. kind of like a, he was kind of like a Niffler from um, Fantastic Beasts, if you've seen that movie. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything that was shiny, he kind of wanted. He wanted to get his little hands on, so. Must yeah. have, must have. That is... Mm-hmm. That is fascinating. And honestly, I'm a little sad that you haven't told me this before at the times that we've been hanging out and there's been okay. beer in our hands. How often does a pet raccoon come up in conversation? You should lead with that. <laughs> to, to borrow a phrase from your career, don't bury the lead. That's what yes, you start with. Yes. I'm Kimberly. When I grew up, we had a pet raccoon. That's how you should start every interaction going forward. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It would definitely make me more interesting, I think. But yes. Everyone will be like, okay. oh, do tell. <laughs> I've learned my lesson now. <laughs> <laughs> All of this time, this big secret. All this time, <gasps> yes. It's a well-hidden secret. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Another fun thing that has nothing to do with news. Um, so I had a pony growing up. Um, Like I was one of those kids that literally got a pony for Christmas because my dad had 40 acres out in the middle of nowhere. And so he's got horses right. and all that jazz. Um, so he got me a pony and then, um, one year he like, he just couldn't afford it anymore. And so he gave my pony to a petting zoo. And so for the longest time I was like, Oh, little one must've died. And my dad couldn't bear to tell me. So he just told me that he brought him to a petting zoo and that's where he is to kind of soften the blow. So I think I was about 20 and my dad said something about bringing the horse to, to the petting zoo. I said, dad, okay, look, I'm 20. You can tell me it's okay. You can, you can lay it on me. Little one died. It's fine. He was like, no, literally I gave him to a petting zoo. 
And I was like, I thought my horse was dead all these years. And he was literally at a petting zoo. And he was like, yeah, I told you he was at a petting zoo. So, yeah. <laughs> so then you start calling all of them for your birthday to see if uh, they can come out for a... <laughs> well, I think at that point, you know, because I had him when I was little. And so it, it had been a good 15 years. So probably seen better days. So, yeah. So... Now I don't have any interesting pets. I just have my pit bull who thinks that he runs the house and that's all. He probably does run the house. He does. Do you, he's literally next to me right now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. My, hey, my, my great dame rules our house. Except uh, for yeah, when the I little the dog is ruling his. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, because he was eight weeks old when we got him and she was full grown. He's never like not lived knowing that she's his boss yeah right so, yes yeah, so in his boss. mind yeah <laughs> but it's funny because he's very protective of her because he knows that he's bigger and so the dogs that live behind us them and khaleesi don't like each other higgins doesn't really care but if they bark too aggressively at her he goes and stands over her and then he barks at them like hey you better calm down this is my girl oh, that's <laughs> but that is yeah, cute yeah, yeah. yeah. This little hole here. So when we got him, we got him from the pound. And so we actually lost our house insurance over him because he's a pit bull. Oh, and that's... I was like, look, he he is the most docile, calm thing. We put him through training and he actually won the Sunshine Award because they were like, he doesn't have a mean bone in his body. Like he's he yeah. you just think that. You know, he has never seen a bad day in his life. And I was like, yeah, well, that's that's him. Um, but yeah, we lost our house insurance. And so now if the house insurance people could see us, oh, my goodness, our neighbors are obsessed with him, like obsessed to where they have treats for him. And so <laughs> they have taken down because we have a chain link around our backyard. So we have a right. half acre backyard. Um, and so they all have fence panels on their side and we just have the chain link. Well, they have taken down the fence panels and so that they can see him and pet him and give him treats and give him presents and things like that because he needs to come and visit them all the time. And I was like, oh, yes, our, our vicious pit bull here who goes yeah. from house to house, gets treats. Yeah, he, he's convinced them that he doesn't get enough treats or love at home. So he has to go over there. Yeah, that's yeah. That's more often than not typical with pits. Uh, my daughter's yeah. dog is a pit, Ellie, and she is just the sweetest, you know, the sweetest dog. The funny thing is, Ellie was actually Emily's boyfriend's dog. And when they moved in with each other, I told her boyfriend, I said, you realize that Ellie's going to be Emily's dog in about a month. And he said, I know that. It only, <laughs> it only took three weeks. To where if they were sitting next to each other, Ellie would go and sit in between them because Ellie liked Emily better. <laughs> so yep. when M was moving to Colorado Springs, um, her boyfriend said, I want you to have Ellie because you guys love each other so much. And I'm he was going to school and working full time. And he was like, I'm just not going to be able to give her the life that she deserves. And she loves you more. And so oh. he, he gave her uh, Ellie. And now we joke, we're not sure who's, is whose uh, emotional support animal is Emily's, right. Ellie's, or is Ellie Emily's. But she is just the sweetest thing. And my son got a little kitten and they were a little worried, you know, how's that going to happen? Ellie treats the kitten, Magnus, as if he is her puppy. He, he, oh. he sits there and cleans them, you know, licks them and cleans them and um, when Magnus isn't attacking her tail and going nuts attacking her tail, he like curls up and sleeps with her and <laughs> she just loves him to death. And she's just the, the sweetest dog, unless you're threatening Emily. You don't yep. want to do that. <laughs> yep. That thing. That's the thing. Rex is funny. Um, he will. I mean, we usually tell him when our friends are coming over or someone that we know is coming over. And so we'll kind of warn him and be like, Someone's coming over. And so we kind of hype him up to where he gets excited. Like they're uh -huh. coming to see him. And so we're always like, yeah, you have to come greet Rex first and then you can come inside. Um, so if the doorbell rings, 
he freaks out if he doesn't know who it is because then right. he's like, oh, they're not supposed to be here. So he will rush the door and he'll put his paws in the corner of the door so that if you open, he's the first thing that goes out. And so, <laughs> and so it's very intimidating for people that come to the door, especially if I open the door and my husband's not home. Um, Cause then you're, you're greeted by a pit bull who's barking and growling and he's literally waiting for the door to open. And then there's me behind it being like, sorry, hi, I can't open the door. Hello. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> let, me, yeah. let me get him back. I, yeah. I fully understand that. It, yeah. I, I go through that only with a taller animal. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Higgins is a little big. A little big. Yeah. He is, uh, he is actually, if we were to have like wanted to have made him a show dog, he would not be eligible because he's actually taller than the breed standards. So he wouldn't have been allowed to have been a show dog or a show dog yeah. because he's too tall, but we didn't want to do that. And his nets have been removed. So <laughs> there's that. Ah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's oval sized. He's a giant dog. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And thinking that about it now, we should have named him Kevin Ogle. <laughs> you should have, but we named him after Higgins from Magnum PI. You missed an opportunity, Jack. You missed an opportunity. I know. I know. I also wanted to call him Doug because I thought it would be funny to be at the dog park and yelling for Doug and then your dog comes running to you. I mean, it'd probably work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, once again, as I told you was going to happen before we started recording, we side quested. But the good news is side questing is built into the title of my podcast, so... <laughs> It's at this point expected. <laughs> I mean, beheadings, raccoons, kangaroos. Right, right. Um, actually, um, your job at the news station is how we met because I was yeah. I was a guest on the AM show. Yeah. Talking about uh, the upcoming Scottish festival with the group that I was in was putting on, and so I was there way too early in the morning in full kilt. <laughs> And as I was leaving, it was like, you got to go talk to Kimberly because she loves Scotland and been there. And so then we went and talked and then we started, you know, meeting each other at the group's events and various stuff that we had. And uh, we just sort of became friends from there. Yeah. So. Yeah. See, I know all, all my friends on the morning crew, they, they, I don't know who the guests are most of the time. Right. They're the ones that keep informed. So when they're like, you need to go talk to Kimberly, I have no idea who is here. And so usually right. whenever people come up, I'm like, oh, hi, who are you? <laughs> right. But so, at least yeah. in this case, you're like, that dude's wearing a kilt. <laughs> we have I something some in common. <laughs> clues. I had some context clues of why you were there. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, let's see, I was at the old studio. I'm trying to think. I've been on your morning show three times, twice at the old studio and once at the new. No, once at the old, twice at the new studio. I was go. there yeah. short. The first time was shortly after you guys had moved in. Mm -hmm. And that was the one um, where beforehand, Lacey was all, we'll ask you this. We'll ask you this. We'll ask you this. And I'm like, okay. And then we get there and she goes, so Jack, why don't you tell me about all of the bands that are going to be playing? And I was like, the, uh, um, uh, that's not <laughs> what we talked about. <laughs> Oh, so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, God, now I'm going to be a horrible guest because I'm taking too long to answer. <laughs> but I got through it, made some bull crap up, which is what you do anyway. No, <laughs> I got yeah. through it. And the second time it worked better, but every the second time was a much better interview or the at the new station. And I just every time I'm like, don't cuss, don't cuss, don't cuss. You don't want to be bleeped on a morning show when you're talking about oh. a group putting on a festival. <laughs> you don't know how many times we have to tell ourselves that. Like, <laughs> it it happens all the time because, I mean, we have, our job is so stressful that, which is kind of why I love it, where I realized I could never work in a regular corporate environment. Like, I just can't do it. I'm not right. built for it. Because when we have conflicts, at least at my station, I don't know how I can't speak for other stations because I've only worked at mine. Um, but when we have conflicts, we get it out immediately. Like it is, it is done. And so, um, so if someone's angry at you, they may come up and you're cursing back and forth and then it's over and then you move on. 
And so right. there's no hard feelings and, you know, you can get on with your day. Um, there's no tension. There's no angsty. Oh, I'm angry at this person. So I don't want to touch them or I don't want to work with them. Like that's not an option. You have to work together. Right. So just get over your problems and move on. So it's extremely common for there to be yelling and cussing in the newsroom. And so then we're like, oh, there's a show on air. Like we can't be doing this because people can hear us. And so yeah, <laughs> you're trying to be getting past like an argument and then also be like, oh, there are thousands of people that are watching this right now. We probably need to be quiet cussing at each other. It's yeah, it's an interesting dynamic there. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see where it would be. Um, I do have to say, though, the new studio is freaking awesome. Just that whole building and the complex and everything. It had to it have been to, nice it, to move. Honestly, okay. So I've talked to a lot of my friends about this. The new studio is great. Like, we love the new station. But the old station just has so many great memories with it. And there were so many just weird, random things with it that you just kind of loved. You kind of grew to love. Right. Um, th- Because it was like, nobody else deals with these problems. Like one time. So, okay. I'll tell you some of the stories of the old studio. If you, if we go have for it, no, go for it. So our old studio, it was built. Um, It was the first TV station in Oklahoma and it was built during the cold war. And yes. so there's a big fear about the Russians taking out, um, TV, satellite communications, all of that. So our station was built essentially like a bomb shelter because it was just cinder blocks upon cinder blocks. So, I mean, you couldn't get a cell phone signal out of there. It was, it was rough. Um, But I mean, it stood for so long. Everyone just kind of was like, Oh no, it's fine. Like it, you know, it's still upright. Um, But there'd be, you know, little holes here, little holes there, whatever. And so I remember one time, so the overnight, you're tired. You're very sleepy, obviously. Um, you're usually kind of young. You're adjusting to that schedule. Um, so sometimes when you say something, people don't automatically believe you. And so we had some overnight writers that were saying, there's something that keeps coming up during the morning show when I'm running prompter and I don't know what it is, but it's freaking me out. And everyone was like, it's fine. You know, you're just hallucinating. You're just tired, whatever. And so they would be saying like, no, I'm running prompter. And then something fuzzy is coming up and rubbing against my leg or my foot or something like that. And they're like, but the studio was so dark where they were. Like, if you look down, you couldn't see anything because it was so pitch black. Um, And so I'm I'm hoping you're going to say something. So keep going. I'm You'll, you'll see by my face if I'm guessing correctly. So keep going. Okay. <laughs> I wish um, I had popcorn. And so, <laughs> and so, um, so everyone was just like, no, it's fine. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's okay. And so then during the morning show one time, Allie and Kent were doing it. And then Allie looks up and she was like, there's a possum in the newsroom. And it was just a possum had just been living in the station the whole time and it would come out because it's nocturnal and right. so it would be like oh okay someone's over here i'll go over where this blanket is and would curl up with whoever was on prompter freaking them out not knowing what's going on <laughs> and so we had possums running around the station the whole time um my first time ever producing a newscast by myself on a weekend i was producing a sunday night show and i printed scripts And normally it was my job to grab the scripts and give it to the anchors and give it to the director and stuff like that. So they could start marking it up and showing like, okay, I need to switch cameras here, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going back to the printer and there is a large snake that is wrapped around the printer, draped through um, the doorway to like the back door. So I was like, nope. Okay. I'm out. I'm done there. And so, um, (laughs) See, that's where I thought you were going with the first story that like all of a sudden no. a snake was going across somebody's feet or something. Oh, no, no. But the possum is just possum. as good. Yeah. No, this time it was snake. Um, yeah. And so I told our reporter at the time, Adam, I was like, Adam, honey, you may have to go get those scripts because I'm not going back there. There is a large snake wrapped around <laughs> that printer. So, um, so <laughs> Adam and our sports guy, Matt, at the time went back there. And they like tried to wrangle the snake. They got a cooler and I don't know how they did it, 
but they somehow got it untangled from the printer and shoved it into a cooler and then took it outside. And they were like trying to get it to go away. And someone had grabbed a camera and was like filming them outside. And the snake was turning around and trying to like jump at them and bite at them and stuff. And I was like, we're going to have a workers comp case on our hands. Just try to get the script out of here. Um, and I was like, I don't have time for the snake. We have to go live on TV in like 10 minutes. So we got to go. Um, but so the old building just had so many like fun kind of memories with it where it was just like so kooky. And like, I mean, the way that it was, it was just a maze to go through. And so when you kind of learned how everything worked and where everything right. was, it's just so funny to to kind of like be like, man, I'm wa- I'm walking in the footsteps of like all of these like greats that have been at this building for so right. long since the 60s. Um, yeah. And so when they tore it down, it was a really sad day for a lot of us. Um, but the new station is the new station's great. Yeah. But yeah, I do kind of miss the the little little surprises that we had in the old station. Yeah, but see, you could have led with. And with the new and with the KFOR news exclusive, we have our reporter Adam that was just bit by a snake and he's on his way to the ER. I, I think yeah. we literally did put it in the show, though. I think we did put that video in the show of like, well, here's what we had to deal with today. <laughs> and so the other stations would always make fun of us of like, look how shitty their station is. We're like, you know what? Go fuck yourselves, okay? Like, it's fine. <laughs> so, right, right. Well, I've yeah. been in the old uh, Channel Nine station. And that was not, you know, the height of awesome technology either. Right. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been into anyone else, anyone else's station. So yeah. I don't have anything to compare to, but yeah, you know, I'll take yeah. your word for it. <laughs> yeah. I had to go morning show that for one of the festivals too. That I, they always wanted me to do it. And I'm like, really, do you want the old fat dude to be on TV? He's afraid <laughs> that he's going to cuss. And at any moment might zone out while he's being asked a question. Do but you, you, didn't, you didn't ask. The sheer amount of focus it took for me to stay on task was, it was a lot. <laughs> Either way you did it. It worked. So I'm going to tell you, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that's kind of how that works. Once you're on TV once and it works out, they're just going to keep putting you on. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, go for it. So I have an interesting Linda Cavanaugh story for you. Okay. Linda Cavanaugh's dad was a school teacher and he uh-huh. taught at Tinker Elementary. And he was uh-huh. going to be my sixth grade teacher because they assigned who your teacher's going to be the next year. And I got Mr. Cavanaugh. And I was happy about that because he was a teacher that everybody loved at Tinker. So mm-hmm. I was like, Ooh, I got Mr. Cavanaugh. And then he decided to retire. <laughs> so I didn't get Mr. Cavanaugh. I got another teacher who is not a dork, at least, and a lot of other kids in that class. And so I was always sort of sad. I was like, he couldn't have retired a year later. So I got stuck with this bad teacher. So fast forward to me working in the museum, the history center where I work. And I'm walking, taking my break walk. And there is Linda Cavanaugh pushing her dad in a wheelchair going through the exhibits. And what probably was a first for Linda Cavanaugh. I walked up to them and I said, and so of course, you're Linda Cavanaugh in Oklahoma City. People are probably going to talk to you when you're out and about. And I walked yeah. up and I was like, hello, Linda, Mr. Cavanaugh, you were going to be my sixth grade teacher and you retired a year too early. And I've never gotten over that. <laughs> Completely <laughs> ignored her and went straight to her dad. <laughs> And he was like, oh, well, thank you. And then him and I sat and talked. And I have a feeling that that probably did not happen to her very often. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Yeah. And, I, uh, I love, love Linda. She's yeah. fantastic. She was always, she was a great mentor for me. She would like, you always knew, you always knew how good your writing was because Linda had a red pen. And she would read through your scripts and she would mark out stuff and rewrite it as the show was going on. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. And so she came up to me after one of my first shows and she was like, this is the least I've ever had to mark up a script. You're doing great. And I was like, that is such a compliment from Linda Cavanaugh, the great. Yeah. And so 
Um, when she, when she decided to retire, she gave me, she left me a bottle of wine and a little thank you card. And she was like, you know, thank you for always helping me with like my web stories and things like that. She was like, I know that like, I'm, I'm not the best with technology. And like, that was always a very challenging aspect for me. So I appreciate all of your help and stuff. And I was like, Linda Cavanaugh is thanking me for right. my help. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What universe am I living in? So, well, yeah, it was very, after, very bizarre. After her uh, father passed away, there's a group called Tinker Air Force Base Brats for people that grew up well on Tinker. And somebody posted a a couple somebody's posted like the 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 class picture with Mr. Cavanaugh. And so mm-hmm. um I it took a while to scroll through all of the you know the stuff on that deal, but I finally found them and copied them and I just messaged her and just said, um, you know, hey, I thought you would find it cool. Your dad was a beloved teacher at Tinker. I once talked to you guys at the History Center, but I thought you might like to see these pictures from back when he was uh, was still teaching. And so I sent that to her and she responded with, oh my gosh, thank you very much. I don't know if we've ever really, you know, seen a bunch of these. I imagine when you're a teacher, they're, you know, a dime a dozen. But she was like, I'm going to share these with my sisters. Thank you very much. And I was like, hey, cool. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sure she loved that. See, I thought yeah. you were going to say that photoshopped your head in one on one of the oh. students' body just to live no. that dream. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, d- I didn't know how to Photoshop then. Um, I, I've since taught <laughs> but myself, now. but yeah, I don't. I still don't think that just seems like more work than I care to care to invest. Yeah, I. That's fair. I taught myself Photoshop exclusively um, for to give a Christmas gift to my best friend Ralph. I did the stepbrothers picture, you know, the Olin Mills, you know, from the movie stepbrothers with Will Ferrell and John Riley. It's like that Olin Mills poster that they had. And I went and photoshopped our heads on that. And that was my Christmas <laughs> present to them. <laughs> Your one and only Photoshop expedition ever. Uh, I've done more since then, but <laughs> that was why I, I taught myself was just so I could do that. So I don't I, know if that makes I, me a dork or not. I think it's a valuable lesson. Yeah. 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 Um, so is there any other sort of just, you know, what advice would you have for somebody that's in high school and wanting to go to journalism school? I I am literally the worst person to ask because I always tell people, I'm like, think twice, <laughs> think twice before you do. Because when I was um, going into my freshman year and um, Oh, you, I don't know if they still do. They held a giant kind of um, introduction for all of the um, people going into the journalism college. And so when you walked in there, they kind of said, like, they talked to each kind of major. And so they were talking to the journalism majors and they were like, look, only about 10% of you are going to use your degree. The rest of you are going to get your degree and go on to something else and not ever use it in journalism of the 10% of you only probably 30% will actually make it past three years in the business. Most of you are going to like make it a couple of years and then you're going to bail and move on to public relations. And if you want to be in it for the money switch now because journalism has no money in it. That is one of the biggest like misconceptions ever is that all journalists are rich or whatever. Journalism is one of the lowest paid <laughs> jobs that require right. a degree. And um, it also, at the same time, requires you to have a much more extensive wardrobe than most other jobs do as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I remember when I graduated and I got my job, Forbes released this study of like the uh, jobs that require the most and pay the least. And journalism was the top one. I, where, I believe I mean, that. You have, yeah, absolutely. You have to work weekends. You have to work holidays. Um, all the time that you want to spend at home, you're going to be at the station working. And so I think that's why, at least with my station, we're all extremely close. I mean, I work with my best friends. Everyone there I'm really close with. And because they do kind of become your second family because right. that's who you're spending your holidays with. And you're all broke. So, so you're all <laughs> yeah. poor together. Um, so yeah. Um, so if it's not a passion project, do not do it. Especially with the temperament now. 
Um, when I got in, the temper went, the temperament just of the public wasn't as bad, but now it's, I mean, it's tough and we're seeing it when we're trying to hire new reporters and stuff. People are not wanting to go into journalism because there's not a lot of money and people hate journalists. So um, yeah, I, I wonder how that came about over the last six years or so. Uh-huh. Yeah, hmm. there was a dramatic shift. There was a dramatic shift and you could definitely tell. Yeah, you yeah. I'm, I'm going to real quick, though, shift to a serious note, because this is something that I see that bothers the crap out of me. And it's not you guys. Okay. I discovered when social media came out that if you follow local reporters, you don't have to actually watch the news because they all post their upcoming stories. And so I know there are certain journalists that seem to report on the stuff that I find interesting. And so that's kind of who I follow. And it'll be from all of the local stations. You know, it's not like I only follow this. And I I found that a lot of times I'll know what's going on. You know, something will happen at like three and I'll know about it beforehand because they'll be like, hey, check out this, you know, quick little thing or whatever. And so I've kind of liked that aspect of social media and following journalism. Here's what pisses me off. And this is 100% a guy thing. When somebody's reporting on a double homicide, it's pretty inappropriate for the first comment to be, you know, Kimberly, you looked quite hot in that report. Looking lovely today. It's like, dude, she's reporting on a double homicide. Probably doesn't want to know that. You know what you should say? Oh my gosh, this is horrible. That was excellent reporting. (laughs) You know, not, you're looking so hot today. And that's all it is. It'll be like, you know, 500 comments of you're looking hot, you're looking hot, you're looking hot. Dude, this is why women don't like men, right? (laughs) That is creepy. Oh, that's not even the half of it. The comments that we get are horrendous. I mean, absolutely horrendous. Um, Because, I mean, people feel bold behind a keyboard. Right. And so, so, I mean, like the things that I've been told, I mean, you would never say to another person. You just would never say. And I mean, the things that my friends have been told that are on air personalities. I mean, you, if you saw them in the street, you would never say that to them. Right. I mean, it's just not a thing. Um, I mean, so I'm trying to think they, they get called if their dress is too, is too revealing one day, then they get called slutty. Um, if it's, not as revealing, then they get called fat and frumpy and this and that. And it's just, they can't win either way. And so it's always based on their looks. And then you have, and it's men and women, like the women will be they're They're kind of more jealous. Mm -hmm. And so they really go in and attack another woman there. And the men, a lot of times just make disgusting comments and yeah, you know, I I would occasionally comment and be like, that's interesting. Did you uh, happen to notice or comment, you know, compliment Kevin Ogle on how nice he was dressed today? On how hot he was? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. Hmm, that's weird. Why? <laughs> but that was that was one of my concerns when my niece was in school for journalism, because at first she wanted to be, you know, on the camera. And I was just like, oh, God, that's going to suck. I'm like, you're going to have to deal with that. But she decided she liked behind the camera better, which was sort of made me happy because I just have seen that for so it's just like guys don't do that you know what it's it's a job most of the time they're reporting on something not good so probably don't want to be told you know oh you're looking amazing today don't do that yeah yeah well and it's funny like to see the amount of people who are really like fans of journalists which it it's just always weird to me like my best friend is on air and she'll tag me in things on Instagram sometimes or whatever. And then immediately I'll get a bunch of new followers. And I'm like, it's all because there are people following her and they just start following me for some reason. And right. it creeps me out every single time. Cause I'm always like, why are these people following right. me now? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. The strangest thing. Um, one time though, when, I wouldn't say I was first starting out. I think I was probably three years in the business. 
there was a, a guy who was notorious for stalking journalists, um, yeah. female journalists in our news market. And he actually, my, my Facebook is pretty locked down. Right. Um, and so he couldn't contact me, but my husband, who was my fiance at the time, he, um, he was able to get his phone number off of his Facebook oh. and then he contacted him pretending to be another journalist who I know and was friends with, right. um, and was like, Hey, I need Kimberly's number. Like I have this for her and blah, 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 blah. And so my husband was like, Hey, do you know this person? I said, yes, that's not them though. Like she has my number that right. that's not them. And then we found out that it was this stalker who was stalking female journalists. And so my husband then had to lock down his Facebook. And so right. he never thought he would have to do that because he's not in the media business, but that's just how it goes sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, so this statement shouldn't have to be said. It's irritating, but it has to be said. Fellas, if you don't want someone saying it to your daughter, you probably shouldn't say it. That being said, if you're saying it and you've never stopped and considered, do I want someone saying this to my daughter? You're kind of a shitty person, right? Because you shouldn't have to think or be told, but I want someone saying this to my daughter because everybody is someone's daughter or son. But in this particular case, you know, and that just irritates me because you should just, you can think someone's pretty and not have to, you know, go all ape shit every time they post something on social media, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and also, I mean, it's just kind of like, what do you think that is going to get you in the end? Like, yeah, you know, most likely we're not going to think that you're our knight in shining armor. We're going to yeah. think that you're creepy. You know, she's not going to, the reporter's not going to like go and get in the vehicle afterwards and be like, Oh, that guy thinks I'm hot. I should ask him if he wants to go on a date. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen, guys. Think this crap through and change your way of thinking. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <sighs> anyway, that's just a, a pet peeve of mine. It's sort of a pet peeve in general, the whole, not just when people do it to, you know, reporters. It's just in general, you hear people say things and it's like, you know, you probably should reconsider that thought. Yeah, but at the same time, it's too. sad that you have to say that sometimes to people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my tangent's over. But yeah, no, <laughs> I we, we've discussed uh, sitting back drinking a beer with the stalkery guy and how he uh, is apparently hits a lot of female reporters in this city. Yep. Yep. He um, mm-hmm. he was able to uh, he was able to trick several into meeting up and fortunately nothing ever happened but um i mean it's just that's that's danger so yeah 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 and you certainly don't want to think that you're going to you know do a story or something and then you get there and it turns out that it you know turns south (laughs) really quick you don't want that yeah yep exactly because it's already as you were saying a stressful job anyway (laughs) you know just because of the hours and everything Oh yeah. And then also, I mean, it, it can be dangerous. We've had, we've had reporters and photographers shot at before um, while out on a story. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go a little more lighthearted because we are wrapping it up time and I'm just going to ask. So when, when the big story happens, if there are like three reporters, three reporters there in the room and they're going to decide who gets to go do the big story. Do they rock, paper, scissors for it? <laughs> Not usually. Um, so usually it kind of depends on who pitched the story to begin with and who has the most background with it. Like we'll have people who have certain beats. So right. it's a story about politics. And then one of the reporters has, the Capitol beat. They have all of their sources at the Capitol. Right. Obviously, they're going to be the one to get it. Um, or, or the crime reporter. Stuff. or Right. Um. I mean, yeah, whenever you have certain connections, you've worked with this department before, you have a good relationship with them, you're going to go. Like, right, you've right. done this before, okay, you're going to go. So, yeah, that's just kind of 
So very rarely is there rock, paper, scissors. It has happened, but not not often. Okay, well then I'm happy. It's happened at least once. Yeah, there you go. So yes. so that is that is good news to know that it did happen at least one time. And I can yes. sleep easy tonight knowing there you go. Knowing that information. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we accomplished that. <laughs> yes, yes, me too. That that made this whole episode the totally whole worth it. Worth- Yes. <laughs> right, right. Well, um, this might be shocking to you, but we're actually at the end of uh, the recording time. Right. Okay. It goes fast. Um, that's what I was sort of telling you as we were messaging back and forth. You think an hour, oh my gosh. And then you do it and you're like, but only 10 minutes has gone by. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you had a yeah. good time. Yes. Well, thank you for having me on. Hopefully, um, Hopefully I didn't bore everyone to death. I I doubt it. <laughs> I it, everyone my my wife and my son that are the only listeners will be quite happy. No. <laughs> <laughs> um no, anyway, I really do appreciate you coming on and taking, you know, time out of your day uh, to come on here and I really appreciate it. I I think it's interesting and maybe you'll convince someone to be a reporter or maybe you'll convince them to go into public relations. Right. There you go. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I appreciate you asking me to be on. So. so, yeah, no, I, once again, thank you, everybody. Say bye to Kimberly. Bye. And as I always do every single podcast, I'm going to end it with the following. Remember, try to live your life in a way that would make Bob Ross proud. Thank you for listening to Musings of an ADD Mind. If you enjoyed this podcast, or even if you didn't, please hit the subscribe or follow button. 